Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is Joey, and welcome to the Pothole Pastors podcast. I almost forgot our name for a second. <laughs> After 26 episodes. Yeah, it's just, you know, we uh, it's a podcast, you know. Yes. So, I'm Joey. <laughs> and I'm Adam. So, if you hear some strange noises today, we're just in a different location. We are. So, you know, my furnace is going, so you might hear that. It's, it's pretty loud, actually. I've never really realized how loud it is until I don't want it to be loud i think that's how it always is you never hear the refrigerator hum or the furnace go or anything like that until you don't want it to yeah so that's going on and then we're in my spare bedroom and to my right my dog is lounging on the bed next to us and he's watching <laughs> us intently as we talk um so he might lay there the whole time and be fine but if you hear him get up and jump down it might sound like a body hit the floor or something so if you hear that it's just my dog louie he's he's in the area so yeah 26 episodes in it's a cold cold week it is yesterday was like 16 degrees Mm -hmm. and yucky today's like 41 though so like i'm ready heat wave yeah i'm ready to get the swim trunks out but like oh i just uh i don't know what it is i mean i don't like the cold a lot of people don't like the cold but it's just so frustrating to do anything when it's like five degrees outside. It just hurts to yeah. do anything. You know, you're like outside and just your skin hurts from cold. Right. Yeah. yeah so that was, this has definitely been the coldest week of the year. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously it's like the year's only two months in, but right. this is usually the, the coldest time. I heard, um, at least in Indiana, usually, I mean, right. well, like last week or maybe two weeks, we had like 60 degree weather or something. It's, yeah, and then like two days later, it was freezing. Right? Like the epitome <laughs> of the Midwest. Somebody told me oh. that <laughs> this is like the coldest day since uh, beginning of March of last year. Wow. So I could believe that. So last March, we took a trip to Indiana University. It was like a oh, vision right. trip to yeah. kind of see what their Chi Alpha is like get some inspiration, things like that. And it was a very cold week that week. So I, yeah. I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I very much could believe that. But like my trash can, like my trash goes on Thursday. And so it was sitting there on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's not that much work to bring it up to the house. Right. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do it today. It's cold. That's me every week with the trash though. Like, <laughs> like even if it's warm out, I'm like, I don't want to go get the trash can. But. So I've been fighting like this kink slash pinch nerve or something in my Ooh. neck. Yeah. How'd you I, do that? Well, I'm not exactly sure. So my, I think I, I was on the ground wrestling Louie Monday mm. and I didn't feel anything actually. Huh. You know, I didn't feel anything wrong and... um you know, and then the next day I kind of felt stiff in my neck and I'm like, oh, you know, I play basketball and um, right. go to the gym stuff. I might just be sore. And Wednesday, Thursday didn't get better. So by Thursday I went to the chiropractor and then yesterday it just was so much worse and it's still pretty bad today. It's like, it just didn't help. And so yeah. I don't know if it's like something that just has to work itself out or if I need to go to the chiropractor again or hopefully nothing else more major than that. But I can't like have full range of motion with my neck right now. So uh, that's frustrating. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's not fun. But. Yeah. I slept on my arm wrong a couple nights. Well, it's been like a week or two ago now, I guess. But like, it felt like somebody slugged my arm. Mm-hmm. It's like every time like I'd raise my arm, I was like, oh, but it's just one of those frustrating things that you have to wait for it to run its course. See, now this is interesting. 
how do we fall asleep in positions that are so uncomfortable like that? Right. And we never wake up. You know what I mean? Right. Like I remember in middle school, I slept on my neck, Ron. Oh my goodness. It was like two or three days that sucker hurt. And like you move it the wrong way. It's like, oh. Yeah. I I always, I've always wondered how we can just sleep through something like that. That's like right. obviously painful. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, yeah, but that's a... Uh, that's my, I mean, that's been my week, basically. It's Yeah, I haven't had a whole lot go on. Of course, Valentine's Day was yesterday, and yeah. I, I told you this. So Matthew Jones, um, also we call him Jonesy, uh, he and I went to Jimmy John's. We both had, like, free sub coupons. And, of course, and then he needed a ride to the grocery store, and so I took him to the grocery store we went to Jimmy John's and uh, I told him, I said, hey, we should go to Burrywinkle, you know, just because for fun. So we went and I'm like finishing and it's self-serve. You've been there. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm finishing getting my toppings on my frozen yogurt and he's checking out. He's like, hey, Adam, I'll get you. The lady said it's buy one, get one off. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm not going to turn down, you know, free <laughs> frozen yogurt. So we get it, we sit down and they have a sign on the wall and it says like for Valentine's day, it says, bring your love and get buy one, get one half off. And I'm like, Jonesy, that's for couples. It's, <laughs> I was like, now that lady probably thinks something else about us. <laughs> well, I mean, you got free frozen yogurt, although frozen yogurt should just be free anyway. <laughs> It's neither yogurt or ice cream. It's like, right. it's, it was, it's, just, it's not right. <laughs> it was good. I'm really boring. Like, I just get like vanilla. And they had like strawberries. So like I mix the two together, but I usually don't branch out a ton. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. So who knows what those people thought about us, but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, well. <laughs> you got free. <laughs> I got, got free frozen, frozen yogurt, yogurt, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I realized this isn't my Midwest moment, oh. but I had a very Midwest moment yesterday. Oh, did you? Like, I have a story, so I'll share that in a minute. But I was sitting down eating lunch yesterday, and I ate on campus um, I did, just because I didn't go home in between like oh. lunch and other stuff. And I had a breaded tenderloin sandwich with chili cheese fries. And I'm just like, this is just the epitome of a Midwest meal. You know, that just, very much is, you know, breaded tenderloin. And of course, it's huge because in the Midwest, we don't have normal sized tenderloins. They have to be humongous. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's my. Uh, that's whoop. like you go by the gas station says we have the largest tenderloin in the county. <laughs> Speaking of couples, uh, though. Oh, boy. Um. This is a real story. This is from Kansas. Kansas. Is that mid? I guess it is mid. Yeah, it's mid. Single man offers $25,000 for help finding a girlfriend. Oh my gosh. So this guy. This man's desperate. So this says, uh, got any single friends? Meet Jeff Gebhardt. I don't feel bad using his name because it's right here in the article. Uh, He's single and he's looking for his soulmate. Wow. Instead of using dating apps, which he has certain issues with, he decided to take a different approach. So rather than use free dating apps, yeah, I guess I would assume they're free. I I, I think they are. Like you can like probably like a up to a certain amount or yeah or something like. But anyway, I don't know. I'm married. I've never used a dating app. But um, he's willing to pay someone twenty five thousand dollars in oh. a referral fee for helping him find his next girlfriend. <laughs> 
So Gebhart from Kansas launched a website to help him with his quest, appropriately called datejeffg.com. <laughs> <laughs> the site gives users three options. They can refer a girl to Gebhart. They can nominate themselves, although that makes them ineligible for the referral fee. Or they can say that they like app-based dating, at which point they are directed to a video response. Oh, my gosh. Uh, women who nominate themselves have to fill out a survey and a personality test. Um, and then this is what Gebhardt says. I rather that money go to someone who is interested in helping along in this quest rather than all the businesses that are associated with dating. Um, I don't want to go back to the normal app-based dating stuff. I think a lot of people treat each other poorly um, through that, and it's a toxic community. So, I mean, he has some legitimate concerns. It depends on how you use it. I sure, think. right, yeah. Um, I know that app-based dating is so bad that there's a certain segment of the demographics that choose not even to enter it. I would never have the opportunity to meet these women. So he's like specifically like, hey, there's a, a large number of people that will right. never get on the dating app because of all of the right. tropes and stereotypes and toxicity. Right. Um, okay. So then Gebhardt explains that he figured that he was spending a lot of money on dating. Uh, there's a lot of dates, uh, dinners, axe throwing, whatever. So apparently he had a really interesting date. Um, So we just took took how much it took a month, basically, and how much it took to find a significant... uh, I don't understand this. Oh, okay. So he basically... The way he came up with $25,000 was he's like, however much money I, I spend on, like, dates and effort to find a significant other through other means... And just offering a reward for that. So it's like, apparently he's, if you're spending $25,000, that's oh like, my gosh. what are you doing? Yeah, to, dude, you are not doing things right. But I anyway, look- that's, uh, so if anybody is single <laughs> and looking for a boyfriend, any of the ladies uh. listening, you can just go to datejeffg.com. So I went to the website. Oh, no. <laughs> And I love it. Okay, here's one thing. So, like, I have my own website for my video business, right? And in order to... Oh, come on. He has a dog on the front. Yes, did you see that? Yes. He... What, a, a what a cheap trick. <laughs> and he has this picture of huge biceps. Like, oh, man. oh, man. What a guy. Yeah, what a guy. 47. But the thing is, it's like... You have to pay money to get, like, if you go on Weebly or something, it'll say, like, dot com slash Weebly or whatever. And this doesn't have it. So he literally pays, you know, at least a hundred bucks a month for this website alone. Yeah. And it's like, why? I, I just love how he has, like, multiple profile pictures of just him. The first thing you see is him petting a dog. <laughs> He's trying to win the hearts of the ladies just right. <laughs> Right there with the dog. That's well. That's my Midwest moment. That's oh my that's wonderful. Gosh, what a dude! This thing keeps going. Wow, what a guy! What a guy! Man, what's your Midwest moment? My Midwest moment. <laughs> so man, mine's odd. Michigan man bathes in Wendy's kitchen sink. Viral video shows. What the heck? So not only did this man bathe in the sink but there's a video to prove it which is pretty sad i don't want to watch that i don't either <laughs> a bizarre video of a michigan man appearing to bathe inside the kitchen sink what is it Wendy's- with michigan man we get all these weird stories <laughs> remember michigan was the one where they had this strip mall or like no it was the old strip club they was- were turning into a church was- or a christian school or something was it <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I know Detroit's kind of sketchy, but maybe the whole state's like that. Well, I, I don't think all of Detroit's. That's probably a stereotype. Though, it probably because we've never been there, so we probably that's we, true. We can't that's really true. say that for sure. <laughs> that's true. Um, so it says, so yeah, I'm just gonna tell everyone right now: do not go to the Wendy's in Greenvale. This is disgusting. Please share. Said a Facebook user that I think initially uploaded the video to TikTok, and that's how it was spread. But anyways, says the footage shows a shirtless man submerged in soapy water inside of the fast food restaurant's industrial sink which is normally used to clean kitchen items. Surprise. Wash yourself, a uniformed and Wendy's employee seen on camera says to this smiling man in this sink. So like he didn't, like, so somebody from the store employee saw him doing this and said, wash yourself. So like, didn't like stop him. It almost sounded like they were encouraging him, which is weird. Um, he said, it feels like a hot tub. I'm just enjoying life. The man later says. <laughs> Since uploading the video, the video has been viewed 86,000 times. Oh my gosh, here's the video. It looks like a teenager inside. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. The Wendy's friend. He's got to be a relatively small person, though. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah, an industrial sink's big, but it's not, it's not bathtub size. You know what I mean? Right. It does say Wendy's, the franchise, did confirm that it happened, so it wasn't like some, you know cranky thing but it says we take it very very seriously we have already taken the proper steps to make sure nothing like this ever happens again i would always love to like when you know you hear businesses say that that's like the most like business professional thing you can ever say like (laughs) we are taking the appropriate steps to make sure this never happens i'm like so what exact steps are you taking that you didn't (laughs) before to make sure that there isn't going to be a guy randomly bathing in your industrial sink you know were you actually taking steps before that to prevent you know what i mean well, the fun, I love, I just love it when companies have to respond to stuff like this. It says, we've taken uh, the appropriate steps, he said. We've looked at everything that was involved in the said incident to make sure everything is clean. <laughs> and we try to go far and above as we can. <laughs> but it does say um, they are unsure what happened to the man. Like, they don't know if they fired him or if he got, like, any disciplinary actions towards him. So, if so he, yeah. If he didn't get fired... <laughs> this is what's wrong with America. <laughs> Just fire him. Uh, he does I, not deserve a job that he's going to bathe in your company sink. <laughs> I'm just picturing like you go to a fast food to apply and they say, no, you do know you can't bathe in our sinks. We just want to make that clear. Yeah, can you imagine from here on out, every time there's a Wendy's like interview for a, a new person, they give them the scenario. Here's a scenario. You walk into the kitchen the industrial sink has no dishes in it, and it's full of sudsy water. What do you do? <laughs> and you forgot to take a shower. <laughs> uh, Would you take a bath in our sink? You know? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's Midwest well, moment. Those were those were interesting. That makes up for last week. You know, we didn't have very many. That's right. To share, but I those did, are interesting. I did have. It's not really a Midwest moment, but like we had a tractor park in our church parking lot. That's pretty Midwest. Oh. This past week, usually people will like park in our parking lot and either go to Starbucks or KFC, um, or they'll just park and like talk on their phone and leave or like mm-hmm. looking for directions. So that's what this guy did. So, yeah. well, crazy. Well, hey, you wanted to bring up a topic this week. I did. It was your idea. Yes. Um, it's not bad. I'm just saying <laughs> it was your idea. I almost like I almost said that accusatory. I'm your like, idea. 
<laughs> no. You know, I have been, I was talking with Pastor. A lot of my, uh, of course, working at the church now, it's just me, Pastor, and Diane. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of conversations together about stuff, which I actually really enjoy. Right. And so um, Diane does counseling. And so her uh, office is right next to mine. So when she does counseling, like since our offices are like right up against each other, I'm like, I don't want to hear conversation, you know? So I stay, so I get out of my office. And so a lot of times I will, you know, go sit in pastor's office with them. Sometimes we'll like just be on our laptops working or read a book or, or we'll like chat. So this past week we chatted and I was talking to him about something that I've noticed um, the, the past couple years, I'd say, but maybe more so like since I've been living on my own. And uh, that is like making good things in your life an idol. Mm-hmm. So like, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, just personally. But, and I think maybe it's something that I've maybe noticed in my own life. Maybe that's why it's been more of a thing on my mind. But I told pastor, I said, you know, and I could be wrong. But to me, that is one of the more scarier things, I think, in the church today of people who come every Sunday and secretly they're, and they might not even know it because it's a good thing. Like, And it's a weird thing to talk about to say, I idolize my family or my spouse or my ministry at church. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird, maybe embarrassing, awkward thing to talk about. Um, but I also think a lot of people don't see it as a problem, you know? Right. And maybe I see it more in like, you go to church on Sunday and then throughout the week, maybe there are church stuff that pops up. It's like, oh, no, we have family stuff we're doing, which, I mean, family is very important. You know right. what I mean? But, I mean, you can see a pattern over someone's life when the family continually takes precedence or, like, their spouse or, I mean, you name it. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's something that I think is kind of a slippery slope, um, but something that kind of concerns me for and I don't have like anybody in mind particular. It's just sure, something yeah. that I feel like maybe people across the nation and churches might idolize good things, but they don't realize it. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So that's a helpful frame that like, like what you're talking about, because most of us, when we think of idolatry, you know, we think of old Testament stories. They're bringing in like idols of like wood and stone and what, right. you know, whatever. Right. And, and, and that's a very real thing of idolatry of people who worship things, you know, like idols made out of, out of those things, stuff, stuff like that. And so, or even just thinking of like, we don't worship other gods, you know, like, you know, a Hindu God, a Buddhist God, a Muslim God, whatever, you know, right. um, we're not, you know, we're not engaging in idolatry in that way. And that's true. Maybe, hopefully. Right. Um, but I, I really like the way Tim Keller puts it of like idolatry isn't necessarily worshiping bad things. It's making good things, the ultimate thing. Yeah. And so when we look at it and with that lens, it kind of makes sense how other things can become idolatry, you know, and, you know, just taking, um, you know, money, for example, the Bible doesn't say you can't have money. Right. It doesn't even say that money itself is evil. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Right. But, it can become an idol when it becomes like your number one ambition in life is to make money. And maybe that's not your number one ambition. Maybe it's like, well, I want to be secure or safe, or I don't want to have to be poor, you know, and you're letting. And so I think idolatry often is driven by fear. Yeah. A fear of like missing out on something or not having or going without. Um, 
well, I mean, okay, so you look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They, you know, what Satan tempted them, or the serpent, I guess we didn't know that it was Satan at that point, but the serpent tempted him, or them, and said, if you take this fruit, you'll be made like God. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of a half-truth, in a way, you know, and they took it and they chose apart from God. They thought God maybe was holding out. Like, maybe God didn't tell us everything. Maybe there's something that... If we take this fruit, we'll have something we didn't have before. Yeah. And I think in some ways, idolatry is driven by fear in that yeah. way, you know, of like, man, if I don't have money, I'm not going to be able to go on a vacation or retire or do, you know, all these things. Right. If I don't prioritize my family, they're going to, you know, if I right. don't, if I don't put in those extra hours at work and stay away from my family, you know? Right. You know, most of the time, I think family is a really interesting one to bring up because that, and that one's tricky. It is. You know, because it's not just, okay, yeah, just leave your family at home. Well, no, that's not it. It's like, okay, just spend all your time. And like, well, that's not it either, you know? Right. You know, one thing, because I try to be super honest, (laughs) um, is, and this is something that I've uh, had trouble with in really most recently of like, um, and it is Valentine's day ish weekend, but like, um, there are a lot of people that are single, like I'm single, but I've seen a lot of guys growing up who are single that are Christian. Jeff, Jeff is single. Jeff is single. Exactly. (laughs) You've got 25, if you want (laughs) $25,000. Um, but no, like I just remember because I mean, the thing is, it's not bad to want to have somebody or find somebody. It's not bad in and of itself. But it's like, I remember growing up and like hearing guys like, oh, like constantly that's what they were talking about all the time. And it's easy to kind of whisk it away as not a problem because it's like, well, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, when it becomes, it's kind of like last week when we were talking about words, like what you truly adore, like eventually comes out. You know what right. I'm saying? Like repetition is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that I kind of had to focus with living on my own and kind of post-college life right. of like, yeah, I am single and sometimes it's rough, but it's like, oh man, am I really focusing a lot on finding somebody too much? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And just in the past couple of months, I really kind of had to grapple with that of like, this is a good thing, but I'm making it like my ultimate thing. And that's not a good thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, what really hit me was I was reading in, I think it's Ephesians, like the end of Ephesians, talking about Paul is saying, um, having like an undying love, for Jesus. And before that, he's talking about like honoring your parents, you know, family, resisting the devil, sexual temptations, the whole bit, and then saying like, put on the full armor of God. And I don't really pay attention to the farewell address, <laughs> like in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I just, you know, it's usually like, you know, peace to you, you know, but I got to thinking, I'm like, this makes so much sense because if you don't have an undying love for Jesus, then you don't have a relationship, then how in the world are you ever going to follow these other things that Paul just wrote? Right. Like to me, it doesn't make any sense to you know resist the devil if you have nobody to turn to or to obey your parents if the person telling you to obey is somebody that you don't really love or follow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so a part of me is kind of like, man, who do you really adore, first of all, and like family and wives, husbands, all that are good things. But at the end of the day, like they're not meant to hold the weight of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they can't, they can't hold that weight. And yeah, you know, just like looking at that, it's it's hard to pinpoint idolatry a lot of times in our 21st century American context, 
because a lot of what we idolize isn't bad. Right. You know, it's not bad to have a good job. It's not bad to have a family. It's not bad, you know, to be, to steward your well, uh, steward your money well. It's not bad to go to church. It's not, right. you know, and it's not bad to be a minister and be in ministry. But all those things can become idols because we're called to be with God first. Right. Not do things for God first. Not, you know, do things because of God first, but to be with Him first our devotion you know love the lord your god with all your mind heart soul and strength that's our first call yeah and then to love others in the same way right to love others um and that that fulfills the the whole commandments that's what jesus says you know right and so then we but so then it's it's complicated because we look at okay so let's just take a scenario like you've been at work all day there is an event at church going on. You know, there's a prayer night, but you haven't been home all day. You haven't been home very much the last few days. Mm. Do you sp- stay at home with your family? You know, spend time with your family, or do you go to the prayer night with your family? Mm. You know, and the super Christian wants <laughs> to say, "We'll just take the family to the prayer night." But what right. if that's not what your family needs? Right. You know, what if your family needs just time together? To grow and sp- you know what I mean, right. or it's like maybe some of us is like, well, I'm just gonna stay home with my family, but it's like, yeah, but what if that? You know what I mean? And so it's, right. it's 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 a lot of reflection, yeah. You know, and you have to be intentional and think about why am I prioritizing what I'm prioritizing? Right. I think it's more about like you don't have to. I mean, I guess taking that kind of scenario, I think some people think, oh, you got to go to the church. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. well, you don't have to draw closer to God. Um, by just going to the church, you can do that anywhere, you know, right. but I totally agree. I think it's all about like heart intention, you know, uh, I mean, we've heard of pastors who have been like really good pastors, but their family has fallen apart and you wonder like, oh my gosh, how'd that happen? You know? Right. And I think it's true that God calls us to, I mean, the Bible says like, love your, you know, um, I'm, I'm not married, love but like, Right, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and so I think it's very important, like, a balance and making sure that both things, that you're doing them, like, the right way. But you're talking about security. Like, one verse that stuck out to me that I uh, read that Jesus said was, um, like, do not be afraid of those um, who kill your body. They cannot touch your soul, but rather fear God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So I was just thinking, like, because I think a lot of times security is something that holds people kind of grappled and they may not realize it but it's like man in everything even if it's like even if you're jeff and you're single and you're worried about not finding somebody it's like trust that god is going to provide some time you know or maybe you're worried about politics or whatever like believe that god is going to provide for you whatever that may look like and choosing not to fear people who can only i mean yes people can kill you (laughs) you know like persecute you what have you but they can't do anything after that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I guess reading that verse kind of reminded me of like, man, all these things that are idols, like they can only do so much. You know what I mean? They can't ultimately save me. They can't ultimately bring me this full joy. Um, and I just need to learn to be content where I am now with God, knowing that he is the all good, all loving God that's going to provide for whatever I may need down the road. Yeah. You know, so it- yeah, it's it's tough because, you and know, it's take, easy it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, and again, it's 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 not necessarily bad things. And so, right. 
you know, taking that same framework again of like Tim Keller's of making the good thing an ultimate thing, you know, it takes time to think through, you know, what does my family need? What does my, my personal life need? What does the church need? Is there, you know, I think it's when we look at that of like, where is the Lord leading? And yeah. so I think, again, it all comes back to our personal devotion to God. Right. I think if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, I believe he's always speaking to us. Right. You know, it may not be an audible voice. It may not be, you know, Adam, go out of this room, turn left. Go, you know what I mean? But I always <laughs> right. believe he's leading us. Right. And, and if we're listening, then we're going to know. It's like, yeah, should we go to that prayer night or should we stay home? Should I spend this extra hour at work to get this done so that I can spend more time later and do these other things? Um, Yeah, you know, anything can become an idol, you know? So I think that's my pushback at times when we hear, you know, I've I've heard countless, not necessarily at our church or anything, but like over the years, different churches, ministries, whatever, say like, well, people just don't spend enough time in church if they put their, you know, but I'm like, but is church the answer? Right. Or is Christ the answer, you know? And people can be just as distant with Christ or with their family at church as they can at home, you know? They can can be just as spiritually dead at church as they can at home. So it's not necessarily just, oh, it's like, you know, turning away. This is, okay, what am I trying to say? So the answer is not necessarily, okay, so we have idols, so we just need to fill all of our time with religious things. Like, that's not the answer. Right. Because then you're turning to religion as your idol. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's like looking to Jesus to lead, to fill, to fulfill. Right. And to guide. Right. You know, and and that's that's hard. It's not easy. You know, it's... Right. Because at least those other things, it's like, well, if I just go to church, then, you know, I'm prioritizing God. It's like, well, maybe. Right. You know, it's it's your heart. It's your heart intention, you know, and... Right. And, you know, you look at the, the trajectory of the Old Testament and they were constantly turning to idols of the land, yeah. you know, and it was, you know, gods of fertility, of sex, of power, of whatever, yeah. and of agriculture. And so we look at that and say, well, we're not doing that. But we look at politics, you know, yeah. we turn to politics a lot to meet our needs, even though yeah. we say we trust God, but, right. you know, we... Be- we we better get the right people into the office, or they're or we're gonna we're all doomed. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, is your security in Jesus, or is your security in your politics? You know, right. it's like, well, oh, well, I, of course I believe to God to provide, but I need to chase down the the next job that's gonna pay me more, that's gonna have more benefits, more security, better retirement, everything. Right. Like, well, are we really trusting God, or are you trusting your effort to get a job? You know, and it's like, right. well. I know I need God for comfort, but if I just get a wife, if I get a husband, if I have some kids, have a family, I'm going to feel secure and fulfilled. And again, all those things are good in right. their proper context. Right. And that's within a life with God. Right. But all of those things outside just lead to death and yeah. heartache, headache, loneliness, emptiness, you know? Right. Well, I always think about like, I mean, it's morbid to think about, but like everybody dies. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. Like you get a family, you finally find that one. And then, I mean, you hope and pray nothing bad happens, but unfortunately life happens, you know? And like, what if something happens? Like they die earlier than you think. And then you're left with, oh man, that was supposed to be like my life joy. And now they're gone or something. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think it's kind of, it's, 
priority. It's almost like a check on your heart of like in those moments, who do you really worship in this life? Yeah, you may go to church, but <laughs> it really shows by what you do and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's something that people have to be like very careful of in a sense. And it's a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. It's a very odd thing to talk about. Well, sometimes. especially like in a social media driven society. Right, yeah. So you can almost I- idolize your image. Yeah. You know, oh, so yeah. like, what do people think of me? Right. How many likes am I getting on my pictures? Um, am I only posting the things that make it seem like my life's incredible? Um, this filter makes me look better than this one. How many followers do I have? Yeah. You know, how many comments did I get? Am I making a difference? Whatever that means on social media. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. um, yeah, man, it's like in the 21st century, it's just so easy to make an idol of your image or... You know, yeah, I mean, because I think sometimes we can almost feel like a, a broken record saying like idolizing, you know, your job, money, family, like maybe not family, that probably is less touched on. And, right. um, but then it's like, also, what about the idol of yourself? You yeah. know, and, and really that's ultimately where sin comes down to is that right. I'm choosing what I want. Right. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's interesting, you know, because, the gospel calls, you know, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, Christ calls a man and beckons him to die. Yeah. Mm. You know, so we are called to die to ourselves. Yeah. You know, and we have no rights before Christ. We have renounced those. Yeah. He's our king. Yeah. And so we don't have, you know, I was just talking to somebody um, a, a little bit ago, but we don't have rights. Right. You know, we always talk about all these rights we're fighting for in America and stuff like that. And, and I understand that even religious liberty is allowing us to <laughs> make a podcast like this. I, I, I understand that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you know, bad mouthing that or whatever, right. but right. really in God's economy, we don't have rights. Right. You know, right. I remember back in uh, Kayat, well, it was uh, Alex Rodriguez, who we had on mm-hmm. a couple months ago. They said, like, we ultimately, we ultimately live in a theocracy, not a democracy, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, Christ is our king. And I, that's, I had a church member a couple of days ago tell me, saying, like, because we were kind of talking about this situation a little bit and saying, like, um, like, you have to die to self. You know, there's a reason why Jesus says that, because you literally have to humble yourself. Because, And that's kind of the moment where I realized, like, okay, if I am thinking of other people before myself, then I know I'm, like, more on the right trajectory type yeah. thing, you know? It's like if I am truly communing with God as I should be, then I shouldn't. it shouldn't be so natural for me in those moments to, like, think of myself or, like, what benefits me, but right. rather, you know, other people. And so I think that's one thing. And we're not perfect. I'm not, and, you know, right. like I'm still working through a lot of this, even though like I'm talking about it, it's like I still need to keep working yeah. through this. But knowing that, man, none of this is going to satisfy what I think in my head will. Right. And I need to realize that now before it's too late. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a constant heart checking process. It is. So yeah. it's not just like, if I talk about it, like maybe maybe today you're listening and you're like, man, this is revelatory. I'm going to commit myself to follow God, no idols. Right. That probably work for a little bit, but right. you have to constantly be checking our hearts because, like Jeremiah says, our hearts are deceitful above all else. It's right. sick. It's incurable. Yeah. And so we're just we're bent towards sin. Yeah. You know, Christ is sanctifying us and and, and um, renewing us, but we're still bent towards sin. 
Right. And I believe he's going to, it's a, it's a lifelong process and like, we'll maybe sin less, but right. I don't think we will be sinless. If that right. makes sense, we will sin less, <laughs> but we won't be sinless. Right. Not until the final restoration when Christ restores all things. Right. So we have to constantly, you know, so even like serving, you know, like even that idea of like, as long as I'm serving people, I'm probably good. Well, not necessarily, because why right. are you serving people? Exactly. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. It's always asking the why of your heart. Right. Why do I live? Right. You know, why am I raising this family this way? Like, why am I, you know, working the extra hours at work? Why am I going to church? Why am right. I giving to charity? Why am I not giving to charity? You know, like, right. why am I not supporting, you know, missionaries or or my local church? Right. You know, um, you know, asking the why, and like that's incredibly important because it gets it to the root of your motivations. Right. And your motivation is really, in a lot of ways, is is revealing of who you who you really are. Mm. You know, yeah. Your your actions, your words, the things that come out, that's revealing who you actually are. Yeah. You know, and it's all these things can make it; they can corrupt us. Yeah. You know, and. That's the deceitfulness of sin is it can take even the most innocent good things and make them evil. Right, right. You know, one thing that uh, talking about, and it's it's weird to even like mention it like to people who don't understand like Christianity as a whole. Like I try to think sometimes as like people on outsiders who look at our faith and say, well, that's not a bad thing. Why are you, like, worried about that? You know what I mean? But, or, I mean, it could be a bad thing, you know? But, you know, I've heard people talk about, too, like, oh, well, Jesus kind of seems like a killjoy. You know, I mean, I've heard people say that before. You know, it's like, well, you have to follow this or do this or make sure that you don't elevate this too high. You know, it almost seems like a... But in reality, it's like, I always tell people, you have to, like, experience it for yourself, you know, you can't go to church and just hear the pastor and try to make his theology yours or, yeah. you know, the person next to you. Well, I like um, what pastor always says, you know, the person who says, you know, I don't need God to be happy or whatever, you know, and then say, well, how's your life doing? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. are you happy? Are right. you, you know, are you fulfilled? Are those things like actually, you know, right. doing what you think they should be doing? Right. And like, so for me, I mean, obviously I've been a Christian a long time, but I've always struggled in the years of uh, keeping a consistent Bible reading habit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so these past like 20 days or so, I've done like this, like I set aside time each day. Okay, I'm going to read and write and spend time in prayer. Um, and just and just trying to be more intentional of from that passage, thinking about it throughout the day and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like, so much better as a person, but also my relationship with God feels a little bit closer. Um, it's just like, it feels a little bit more freeing, you know, like you just feel better because you know that you're choosing to put God before, you know, maybe other things in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not perfect, but it's just something that I've seen in my life recently. And so it's kind of one of those things. It's like, man, don't, it's the old saying, don't knock it until you try it. You know what I mean? It's like, if God is saying these things to, uh, like, don't, you know, no idols. There's a reason why he said that because he knows it would never fulfill. So if like these, I remember my youth pastor always said that like sin is fun. <laughs> you know, if like these, uh, and it, obviously we're talking about good things, but like even bad things, like, yeah, it's fun for a season, but then, you know, it doesn't fulfill. So it's like, man, if God knows that, then he, I mean, he's going to fulfill that hole with something better that we don't know. 
So that kind of comes down to like a trust, which comes down to relationship. And you don't know that until you like, you know them. And it's ultimately believing that the way that God is leading us is actually good. Right. You know, that he has my best in mind, not that he's holding out or that he's not going to be everything he says he is. But so super vulnerable, honest moment. What's the thing you're most prone to make an idol in your life? Oh, easily finding a spouse for sure. Mm. I, I mean, honestly, especially like as of late. Um, and it's not like, I don't know, Valentine's Day doesn't like really get me down. I know some people are like, I'm not like Chris Trigger on Parks and Rec, who's just like <laughs> depressed. But no, and it's this it's this silly idea. Ever since I was in elementary school, I just always thought, I'm going to go to college. I'll find somebody, get married, get a job, and that's that'll be my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, and then, of course, nothing ever worked out, and then now I've graduated, and I'm single, and nothing in sight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think for so many years on the back burner in my mind, that was like my goal in life in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I never even like noticed it or realized it until like the well ran dry, if that makes sense. That sounds weird. Like when you're in high school and college, like if you don't meet anybody, it's like you're surrounded by people all the time. Right. But now that I'm in co- I'm in uh, like the real world, I'm at a church and I'm like the only person my age bracket, you know? Yeah. It's like things get real. And I think, you know, it took me a while to understand why God put me in this moment in my life, and I'm still learning. But it kind of hit me a few weeks ago of like, you know what? This makes sense because like God is exposing this desire that I had in my heart. It's good, but I elevated it way too high. And honestly, I am very thankful that God did not put a girl in my life in between that time. Because, I mean, obviously I want to treat a girl with respect, but it's like I don't want to put weight on her that should never be put on. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm actually very glad. It's still taking me time to like process, but like I'm very glad that God is gracious enough Mm -hmm. to show me that and then like trust him to like work through that as, you know, the time goes on. So yeah. what about you though? I think the more I reflect on that question, because I've asked myself that before, I think it's just security. Yeah. You know, and probably I think in a lot of different ways, but especially financial security, yeah. you know, of like, I think I've always worried about that of like, am I going to have enough money? Like, what if I had a huge like repair come up and I don't have the money? Like, am I going to have, um, you know, the just, yeah, I think just like that almost ridiculous fear that like, I'm just going to run out of money, <laughs> you right, know, and, right. and, and that I'm not going to have, and I, maybe I need to go find a, a higher paying job or doing things like that. But right. I think God's been incredibly gracious to me and patient with me yeah. and shown repeatedly in different ways. And it's not always financial, but different ways that he provides for what I need and brings me security in ways that only he could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I could sit here and just talk about numerous times that God's done that. And, but yeah, I think that's, that's constantly the thing that I'm, always fighting and battling is like, am I secure, you know, and, um, am I, am I going to run out of money? Did I make a bad choice? Um, you know, is my house going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? Is Hannah going to be okay? Um, you know, so I think that's the thing I battle the most for is, is just like that sense of security, which is ultimately only found in God. Right. Because we don't have control over anything. Right. You know, so maybe right. that's even a control. Like maybe I just want yeah. control. I don't know. Maybe it's security and control. Maybe they're the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's probably, yeah, for me, that's probably it. But 
yeah, if you're listening to this today, turn to the Lord, you know, yeah. and like maybe have some deep reflection time this week. Ask God, like, what do I tend to put in front of you, God, yeah. all the time, more often than not? And maybe you're doing it now and you don't even realize it. Right. What have you made an idol? And right, like I said, it can really be almost anything. It could, yeah. be, it could be a bad thing. Right. Maybe it's lust or sexuality or whatever. Right. You know, or it's politics or it's our family or your church involvement, the your yeah. status, your leadership capacity or ability, um, your friendships. Yeah. Maybe if you have a podcast and it's everything <laughs> to you, maybe. I, I certainly don't think this is an idol to no. me. Well, and I think, you know, a huge thing, I mean, obviously, like, we talk a lot about stuff and, like, you're you're a person in my life that I feel very close to. I can talk to you and think about, you know, we do. Um, but I encourage that for other people, too, of, like, mm-hmm. man, if you are struggling with this, find somebody that you can talk to and pray with because that, that's, like, huge for me. Like, I honestly don't know where I would be if yeah. I didn't have close people in my life um, and friends and family. So, like, right. have that person that you can go to is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, as we wrap up, what is your recommendation for reading, watching, listening, anything? Yeah, um, I actually just read something today, and it's it goes on par with, I guess, kind of what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, the I Am Second, they do, like, yeah. videos. I love their videos. Um, I haven't watched them in a while, but um, they have some really good videos. If you don't know what it is... Um, Did I ever tell you, I heard somebody... Um, I talked about like, you know, explaining what that was of like, mm. I am second, meaning like they put God first, you know, right. it's kind of like a movement to say like, especially it's among athletes, you know, right. that are like trying to put their faith first. And this person, I don't, I won't say who it was. It doesn't matter. But they were just like, well, if they want to be biblical, they should be last. I'm like, <laughs> oh. So anyway. It's, um, but no, it, it's really interesting. It's cool because like there's people and and it's not it's athlete a lot of athletes but also just like celebrities in general yeah. that I never knew like their faith was important to them until like they were on I am second like that's pretty cool but no um this one girl she talked about and it resonated with me just because it's something that I've struggled with but it was this girl talking about that she's single and how like the outside world very much values like yeah. relationship get her number no. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I'll offer you $25,000. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, but no, she talks about like being single and like, you know, the world throwing like, oh, relationships, everything and whatnot. But it's a very good, re- if you were like, if you resonated with my, or if you're single and just struggle, like it's a very good article because she talks about valuing this point in your life mm. and saying like, man, God has given you opportunities that married couples don't have as often as far as like, you can invest in other people more often. You can volunteer. You can do all this kind of stuff that, like, when you're married, you're more, you know, tied up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, it was a very good article. She, like, references, like, I think the Bible verses. Like, it's just very, very good. So if it's something that you'd be interested in, I think it's, like, imsecond.org or something. But, okay. um, yeah. And they also have other good resources, too, and just really cool testimonies. So Yeah. So I'm reading a really good book right now by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's very challenging Mm. and it's just kind of a, yeah, it's like an evaluative look at how technology, the pace of society, the way everything is, you know, just, just a lot of different things, but like how life is so rushed and hurried and fast paced. And so I'm really being challenged of how can I slow down and not just always be doing something, you know, Mm. and yeah, and including like, 
I mean, I've been reflecting for a while on this, but especially just looking at my life with like screen time on my phone and, um, yeah, versus time with people and yeah, you know, time pursuing the Lord. And so, yeah, so it's just, it's a very, very challenging read. Um, very accessible, easy to read, but very challenging. Mm. Um, so it's not like a lofty book, but yeah, that's what I'm reading currently. That sounds um, interesting. Yeah, it's a very, very good book. I mean, honestly, especially in an age of anxiety, which we should talk about that again. You yeah. know, like I, I know we we, ha- we talked about that a little while ago, but even I think like we should Brock, bring, I think. Yeah, we had Brock on and we talked about that, but we should bring that, I think, again, because I think we could go deeper with that topic and maybe we can do that in, in the coming weeks. But yeah. um, especially in an age of anxiousness, this book is really, really good mm, and true. challenging. So Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer. And it's very, this is, this doesn't matter, but it's very aesthetically pleasing. Like I love the way the book <laughs> looks. So um, that's a big deal to Dude, me. That's big. Often, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I'll judge a book by the cover. Yeah. I, re- I really will. <laughs> like if the cover is not good, I often, I'm like, Ugh. You better you better hook me in the first few pages, you know. But hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, share it on Facebook. Yes, Give please. us a review on on um, what is this iTunes? And I don't know if you can do it on Spotify, but wherever you can leave reviews for the podcast, leave a review, share it with people, uh, subscribe, tell people about it, and yeah, we love yeah. doing this. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, yeah, share it, and we really appreciate it. We are going to hang up really soon because Louie's waking up and it looks like he's getting ready to get up from the bed. Oh, no. (laughs) And so until next time, we'll see you later. See you guys.